Welcome back to the Philosopher's Stone podcast, everybody. This is Jordan Strauss coming at ya from a spare room in my house. How you doing, Sam? Pretty good. Just spilled beer on my phone, but it, I think it, it wasn't a lot, so I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, you have to spill an entire beer on it for it to damage it. That's one of the main selling points for me. I asked him, how much beer could I spill on this thing? <laughs> do you uh, do you have a, a case on your phone? Um, yeah, I have like a case on the, the back part. Mm-hmm. And then on the front, I'm not sure if there's anything on the front at all. Dude, I always raw dog my phone, like never have any case on them. And I inevitably end up breaking them. But this phone I'm on right now is I've had for a year and a half and it didn't have a single scratch on it after like a year and a half of like going to work with it and everything. And Chelsea always says I have like a shoe horseshoe up my ass because of how little, how much like how my phone doesn't break. And then last night I dropped it on the tile in my bathroom and I heard the sound of glass breaking and <laughs> boom, it was the glass on the back. So I'm still good. Whoa. Still good. Damn. I got fucking concrete in the charging port though. That might be a bit of an issue there for a bit, but we're all good. So everybody can rest easy. Damn, nine lives. Take a chill pill. <laughs> what else was I going to say? What? How'd your week go? I think we've been, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday because we've been, Busy, both of us, hey? Mother's Day, and you had, what, some exams or some shit? I had Mother's Day on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to go yesterday, but you had to work late. Yeah. And then um, here we are today, rocking and rolling. One of the few times I've had to work overtime at this new job, which is still enjoyable to me. I'm still deep in the concrete. <laughs> Haven't even fucking thought twice about electrical since I left, honestly. Ah, beautiful. Been nice. My stress levels are way down. I actually, uh, I um, another thing that happened on Sunday was I sold my drum set, which I got twice as much of what I paid for for it, which was awesome because I actually priced it in a way where I I didn't think it, anyone would buy it at that price because I kind of really liked it, and I was like, you know what, I'll sell it if anyone's dumb enough to pay this price. And sure enough, a metal band from Castlegar came and drove up and bought it for what I asked. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> so I doubled my money on that kit. And now I'm in the in the what a position I've never been in, in my life that I actually have like a decent amount of money to invest into a good drum kit. So I'm like I'm fucking I'm in a good spot right now. And I might be a, headlining a live comedy show next month. Oh, oh shit. So, yeah, I, I might actually end up having everything I ever wanted by the end of next month, which Whoa. is a drum set, a lovely girl, a nice cat, a nice house, and the ability to do comedy. So if life has taught me anything, I will die sometime before that day. The <laughs> <laughs> next month. Yeah. Unjinx myself just now, though. <laughs> or you'll just live long enough to suffer the crippling depression that comes when you achieve all your dreams and find yourself yeah. just the same Th- yeah. as you were before. <laughs> Yeah, Ugh. I'd almost rather be hit by a bus <laughs> than that realization. <laughs> here's, here's another another thought, right? What? Take all this money that you got right, from this drum set. Yeah. Don't spend it on another drum set. I already hate this plan. Spend it all on Dogecoin. That's what you should do. Ah, oh, fuck that. <laughs> you know what Dogecoin can't buy? A fucking nice session behind the kit, brother. Ticking the, tickling those skins. 
I mean, I guess I could wait to like become rich off of Dogecoin and buy like six drum sets, but I don't think like that. I'm a small-minded man. You should know this. I only brought bring this up because I bought my first crypto and my first stock today. Really? Yeah. I bought some Ethereum a few months ago. Oh, dude, I bought Ethereum too. Nice. Yeah, that's the one that's really killing it. And I put in like a base amount. And then anytime it gets over, this is probably a terrible, a terrible way to do it, but it's been working for me. Anytime it goes up past my base amount by like, you know, what anywhere between like 50 and 100 bucks, I scrape that off and I never go below my base amount that I invested in. And I've scraped off like 500 bucks in the last couple of months. So like I'm, I'm almost, well, maybe not that much. Probably more like 350. So I'm almost going to be at the point where I'm like completely uh, out of the red as far as investment goes. Yeah. I mean, I'm already out of the red because I don't have, I'm not like down at all. Anyways, I don't know if that's a smart way to do it, but I've been getting like some little extra cash in my pocket just from having that in there. So would you say that you buy low? Yeah. And then sell high? Is that your strategy basically? And how much time of this does this take in your day? Because like my plan is to just sit and watch it go up. <laughs> it's pretty riveting stuff. So I have five hundred dollars in this little thing, this little account, and every time I go up past five hundred, so if it's like five eighty, I'll take that eighty bucks off and leave the five hundred, and then I'll check back into the uh, app like a few weeks later, and it'll be back up at like five eighty again half the time. And I scrape that off. Oh, okay, interesting. And it, that's just been consistently how it's been going for the last few months. Now. I might be screwing myself because I don't know how any of this like works. And like, it's probably better off just to leave it all in there and hope that it keeps going up. That's my lazy plan. My 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 plan um, is just just be lazy and just not do anything and just watch it. I just put in twenty bucks. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I will take a small portion of this drum set money and put it in there. <laughs> well, in Canada, we actually can't. Like, you can only buy Ethereum and Bitcoin in Canada. You can't buy. I don't think you can buy any other. Uh, Oh, you totally can. Oh, maybe it's just because of the app I'm using. I'm using Wealthsimple. That's probably why. That's what I'm using. And yeah, but there's other apps you can use that... Uh, but like, no I TD know. credit cards. What's that? I can't, use my TD, I can't use my TD credit card for crypto at all. I don't think you buy crypto with a credit card. Yeah, that's true. You don't buy it with a credit card. Yeah. You know what? Uh, don't listen to me about this. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, fucking... <laughs> I don't either. And guess what? From what I understand, almost no one really does. So... No. <laughs> uh, all I know is that Ethereum's going up and I'm going up with it for a little bit and then I take it off. But yeah, the long or the short of it is, is that we're going to be rich. Everybody's going to be oh, rich yeah. off of an imaginary coin. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it's the yeah, world we I live in, man. It's the world we live in. Anything else cool happen to you? Uh, hold on. Let me think. I finished uh, reading a book. Oh, yeah. I haven't done that in years. It was very good. It's called The Buried Giant by Katsuo Ishiguro. Ah. Fantasy novel. He's a brilliant author, won the Nobel Prize for Literature. What? Born in uh, born in London, but ra- uh, ra- born in Tokyo, but raised in London or something. I don't know. Huh. He, yeah, he's, he's, very, he's very good. So this, wasn't a, this, this book wasn't in manga form? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> dweeb, real dweeb shit. <laughs> Yeah, did you read it with your waifu pillow? <laughs> did you read it to your waifu pillow? I read pillow? it to my waifu pillow. <laughs> That's even worse. 
She was probably bored too. <laughs> she fell asleep during it because your cadence is so monotone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm try, I can't even keep my pillow interested in me. Man, yeah, there's definitely dweebs getting dumped by their waifu pillows out there. <laughs> They just see it rolling down the street <laughs> after they get home from work. Where are you going? <laughs> Find a real man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh it's like a it's like a it's set like right after or maybe like uh maybe 30 years or so after King Arthur died, I guess. Oh yeah. It's very it's very good. I would highly highly recommend it. I don't read anything that's recommended to me. Okay. Or otherwise. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a real problem. I really want to get back. I like, I really enjoyed like just consuming a nice fantasy book when I was younger, but I just don't anymore. So I'm going to try and get that back into my regimen mm. and then, uh, and then I will have everything I ever wanted. Wow. <laughs> so we have what appears to be a, uh, an apology email from those bastards at the back table podcast. Um, Probably written before the last episode of this was released because I said some horrific shit about them on that one. And <laughs> mm. something tells me they would have not written this apology email if they had heard that one already. <laughs> but we have to remember to read that at the end of the podcast. Something a little tasty for the, for the podcast <laughs> listeners. They're the only people that write into us at tpspodcast420 at gmail.com anyways. So, uh, yeah. We need to get more provocative. What's that? We need to get more. We need to get more provocative, more controversial. Well, that's going to bring us right to our topic for today, isn't it, Sam? Ah, yes. Uh, today, uh, the philosophy of sports. Sports. Yeah. So there's uh, there's one very controversial topic in philosophy of sports that is all the rage right now, and that is uh, whether or not transgender athletes should be allowed to compete in sports, specifically male to female transgender athletes. Yeah, the other way around is like, no problem. Like, no problems there. You know what? (laughs) If you want to join the men's league after you transition, that is I don't see any issues with that. But we can get into that, but that'll that'll come later, because we have to go through some other stuff first. Okay. So we can situate ourselves properly. Guide me through these troubled waters, because I'm going to say something that's... If you just let me freestyle on this, I'm going to say some shit that's going to maybe upset some people, but that usually happens anyways. That's okay. This is a this is a discussion format, so. Okay. Safe space. We want we want you saying stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe this will You're right. Maybe if I say enough dumb ignorant shit, we'll actually get some emails in there. I think that's how they do it over there at the Bible Beater podcast. So. Oh, yeah. Shouts shout outs to those Bible beaters. Yes. The beaters of Bibles. Mm-hmm. And their Patreon, the, 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 the Meat Beater podcast. The Meat Beater. <laughs> Some hella good episodes in that, by the way. I don't know if anyone's supporting them, but uh, go check them out. Hyping their podcast. Hey, that's what we do. We're generous. Take, take my, my, my soft little dainty hand and lead me through these, these wild fields of controversy, Sam. All right, well, we're going to have to go back. We're going to... We're going to try to understand sports from a philosophical point of view, and then we can move into the, the actual topics. So well, obviously, if you ain't first, you last. Go back in That's time. the most popular one. Mm, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, sports have been practiced by human cultures across the globe for thousands of years, from ancient Egypt to ancient Greece and Rome. 
in the, the medieval jousts and Mayan ball games. Something tells me it was longer than a thousand years. I said thousands with an S. Oh, okay. I thought there's probably been some sort of gaming going on in humanity's history for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, long time. Pretty sure I've said that exact sentence on this podcast before. Actually, I'm having deja vu. Oh, well, yeah. We're, we're going to get to one of your favorite philosophers eventually. Okay. <laughs> uh, so throughout this time, sports have been, always been a demonstration of excellence in physical performance, mental acuity and fortitude, and importantly, and calling back to our episode last week, social cooperation and coordination. Right. Right. Um, one, one thing that we mentioned last week that's like a salient aspect of the human species is we have this, we have to cooperate socially and interact socially. And sports are sort of like, at least team sports, most team sports are like sort of like an abstraction of cooperation and coordination. See a lot of these teams, it's almost like they have like a telepathic connection with each other. They're so coordinated. Yeah. Yeah, I remember how it was back on those T-ball fields. I knew exactly where that ball was ending up. <laughs> right next to the T, because I hit the T instead. <laughs> and did your, did your dad look on a disappointment every time? <laughs> my dad never looked at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One of my, my only memory of playing T-ball as a kid is being on, uh, I was a second baseman, and uh, I look over and I see my cousins walking along the side of the field to like the bleachers they're coming to watch and I just wait I just remember seeing them and waving at them and I'm waving back and then the the next thing I know the ball smokes me in the head so hard and I was out of the game <laughs> for the rest of the game they came to see me play and they just saw me get knocked out real quick and that was it oh my god man <laughs> softballs are like big and heavy yeah ouch like it was it might have changed my personality at that moment forever and I don't even realize it oh Shit, some early CTE. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in addition to sports being um, like demonstrating social cooperation, physical excellence, they've also long been associated with the military as a way to train soldiers during peacetime. So, there's a common argument attributed to Socrates was that men or citizens in general must always be physically fit because otherwise they are useless to the state in matters of war. Huh. So Socrates, big fascist. <laughs> That's hilarious. Think of all the useless people in the States right now. Useless to the state. Oh my God. <laughs> to the state, yeah. To the government, basically, yeah. I would categorize myself as useless to the country. <laughs> <laughs> useless to the state, yeah. I filled out the census. Oh, so. very patriotic of you. I know. That's, I felt really good about myself after. So yeah, like uh, many sports teams, they exemplify traits that you would want from soldiers on the battlefield, right? So strength, endurance, reflexes, uh, tactics, strategy, coordination, communication. Um, American football was intentionally designed to be like a military battle involving two front lines, flanking maneuvers, and so on. Really? Yeah. So that's why the NFL has, more than any other sport, the NFL has so much military trappings to the games, right? There's always veterans being wheeled out at the beginning, ah. flying jets overhead. They got bands and stuff. They've got the military NFL game where the army mm -hmm. plays the Navy or something. And just like war, it, uh, it stops and starts every four fucking seconds. It's annoying. Yeah, that's, 
so frustrating. I can't. I just. I can't get into American football, NFL. I, for that reason, I just don't appreciate it. I, I don't have what it takes to appreciate it. I guess if I knew all the plays and stuff and like the players, I could maybe get down with it. But just it's like every two seconds, they stop the fucking game and I just can't. It's just the worst. Yeah. Am I making myself clear how I feel about this? <laughs> you would prefer it if they just kept playing constantly. Yeah. You'd love Peyton Manning, I think. Peyton Manning, all about the hurry up offense. Hurry up, yeah. No breaks. Well, that's why I enjoyed rugby because yeah. it's like the guy gets tackled. The game isn't so, this doesn't just stop. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There's a flow, a yeah. flow. Yeah. That's what I need is a flow. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the flow, yeah. and you can't really get any flow in an NFL game. It's just stop start. It's the same reason I can't watch fencing. <laughs> why? I've never even watched fencing. Fencing, it's like you they're like, okay, they're fighting, and then like within a there's like a flash of tiny little twigs that you can catch a glimmer of, and then there's one guy going, Oh damn it, and the other guy going, Yes, yes. <laughs> I like that. A storm of twigs. It is. And George R. R. Martin wrote a novel about fencing. <laughs> Just a flurry of flimsy metal and then someone screaming. It's too fast. I can't follow it. It doesn't look like cool sword fighting. No. It's literally just them like twirling the tip around the other guy's tip. And then every once in a while, you'll see like a slash. But here I am talking about something I know nothing about again. Yeah. Hey, that's what we love you for. Yeah. Just fucking lambasting with ignorance. It is a disappointing sport, right? Like, I, I think I'm going to watch Olympic fencing. and be like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, someone's going to get stabbed or yeah. something. And then. No, it's like two people in beekeeping outfits yeah. attacking each other with yeah. fishing rods. <laughs> they, the way they are with their fencing rods or whatever is like how I would, I would annoy my little sister with like a like a twig. It's just like whip, like kind of like yeah. touch it around her head. <laughs> yeah, I think what I want to see, which is why I'm disappointing, is like movie level sword fighting. <laughs> mm. I think that must exist. Like that must exist. Well, you can watch like broadsword fighting, which is it not like I've looked up like there is like UFC, medieval UFC, where they're in full armor and have weapons and beat the shit okay. out of each other. And it is still not as satisfying as you would think. As like a, a nice Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul yeah. lightsaber battle. It's so much more messy, which I don't know why that's surprising to me. <laughs> it's It's a lot less clean looking than a choreographed fight, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think part of the problem must be that like no one's really fought in a actual battle with swords in like hundreds of years. So yeah, the knowledge, the skills must just like be like kind of dying out. I guess. Yeah, it's true. All we have is like two D paintings. <laughs> yeah, like apparently they used to because their hands were they were mailed, so they would like you, you could. I think one theory is that like when they would fight, they would actually often try to grab the other person's blade because they'd have a mailed fist so they could just grab it yeah they would grab their own blade too and they would use it yeah. to like steady them the stabbing motion to make it stronger so it probably looks yeah. nothing like what we see in the movies as far as like how the fights <laughs> actually went down yeah yeah anyway uh yeah so right 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 before we, we uh went off on the that tangent we were talking about the nfl yeah and i think the i have a little theory and that is that the you know colin kaepernick and all those protests yeah, they would like take a knee during the anthem. Yeah. And that was so like, so hated. I think that's because, but then in basketball, you see completely opposite thing where the league is just like 
but like puts Black Lives Matter on the jerseys. Yeah. And I think the difference and like it's not like there's not black players in the NFL. Obviously, there's tons of black players in the NFL. But I think the reason why the league was so opposed to it initially was because of it's such a military sport and it's so closely tied to the military. Right. And kneeling for the uh, anthem is like slapping a veteran right in his little jowls. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think so, but clearly, no, clearly that's how, how they took it. They took it as an insult. They took it personally, quote Michael Jordan. Right. Well, if you're getting pissed off about that, that just to me, I don't know, maybe it's because I've never served in the military, but it's just such a fucking dumb thing to get mad about. It's a song. Getting mad about someone not standing for a song. I've played Call of Duty. Like, I know what's up. You get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I've been in there in the in the lobby getting told them. <laughs> they still make them pledge allegiance to the flag down there. So, like, there's some real weird shit still that's pretty prevalent as far as patriotism goes down there. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if I've told this story in the podcast before, but when I was in uh, grade seven in Massachusetts, I was in my, like, homeroom class. Yeah. And it was, I forget, like, what, what day it was. It was, like, some American day or whatever. <laughs> some American day. Every day down there is some American day. <laughs> and uh, they had, uh, like, a little American flag um, pointing, like, out of the wall and from, like, a little socket. Oh, did you take but it I out? Also had a, <laughs> I took it out, and I put in a Canadian flag. No way. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And they took it pretty seriously. I was surprised. Like the teacher was quite upset. I thought it would be, I thought everyone would have a laugh. But no. <laughs> yeah, I remember I, I, when I was in the fourth grade or grade four, however you want to fucking say it, uh, we had this really strict teacher named Mr. Porteous, Oof. who was like, he would be fired immediately nowadays for doing some of the stuff he did. <laughs> But uh, we would do, he would make us hold the one kid hold like a giant British Columbia flag on a pole. And then another kid hold a Canadian flag on a pole. And we would all stand with our hands over our hearts and sing the Canadian anthem. And he would get so mad if you let that pole of the flag touch the ground. <laughs> he would be like furious. Like, I don't know what happened to this guy, but he, I, I don't, he's guaranteed he's dead by now or like in jail. <laughs> oh my God. But no one can operate at that level of like just sheer rage for long and not die young. Ugh. Well, it's just ridiculous. Like when someone gets that mad about something like that, like it just makes me want to do it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That like this is all I have to do to turn you into a frothing lunatic something about people that are just so so sensitive about like traditions and and rituals like that especially when it has to do with your country is it's just something that i don't think our generation really understands probably because no, not a lot of us have actually <laughs> been to war yeah yeah we don't really give a shit <laughs> i don't know if he was a veteran but now that i'm thinking about it he probably was a veteran ah yeah most likely he didn't watch his buddies die face down in the mud to see some fucking little kid let that pole touch the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well light it on fire, you little fucker. You're not allowed to talk to me like that. <laughs> he would like, we're grade yeah. four, so I don't know what age that is, but like if someone, if he caught someone like daydreaming in class, he would 
go up to their desk and flip the whole thing. And you know how back then you had all of your shit in your desk and the cubby underneath of it, like everything you have. And you would just like shake it all out on the ground and then just stand there in silence while the rest of the class just watched you pick it all up and put it back in. Like he would, he would do that type of thing all the time. Oh my God. Yeah. That's brutal. For falling asleep? No, for daydreaming. Oh, for daydreaming. Oh. Just for like not paying 100% attention, he'd do that. What? Oh my God. I'd be like, thank God. <laughs> or if you forgot your eraser and you asked for an eraser. I remember one time this girl forgot her eraser or didn't have one. And she, she like, Mr. Portis, can I borrow an eraser? And he like, like a psychopath. I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Walked over to his desk, pulled out an eraser, and whipped the eraser at the girl as hard <laughs> oh as he fucking god. could. Oh my god. Yeah. What a mania. Yeah. Oh my god. He would I remember another time he like took a hammer, like a claw hammer, and started hitting the blackboard with it. I forget why. Something about <laughs> us not paying attention. He'd always say how much better the last <laughs> class he had was like the grade fives, like the, the, the class he had the year before. Uh, You'd always say how he's, he was not afraid to fail every single one of us. Like, that's the type of guy. Grade four. It's like, Jesus. Grade right. four. I wonder what his opinions would, his opinion would be on uh, transgenders competing in sports. Oh, my God. As long as they bring their own erasers and they don't let the flag touch the ground, it's okay with me. As long as they don't daydream, they bring their fucking erasers and they don't let the goddamn flag touch the ground. Uh, beautiful. All right, so uh, all right, so we've covered military sports, um, but in other societies, sports have also served religious and cultural functions. And so, probably one of the most famous old sports is the. Famous Mayan ball game. Yeah. Sideways basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very similar to sideways basketball. It's sort of like a blend of basketball, soccer, and fighting, I guess. Yeah. Except for they use severed heads as the ball. (laughs) Okay, no, no, not during actual games, I don't think. Oh, they didn't? (laughs) (laughs) Not according to the article I read, but. It maybe it's like sugarcoating the truth. I don't know, but there's some pretty barbaric stuff that we will get to. So this game probably originated with the Olmec civilization around 1600 BC, and that means that it was played for at least for almost a thousand years. No, more than a thousand years. This game would have been played in the New World for more than a thousand years before the conquistadors arrived. Yeah, yeah. So according to this, they would use a large rubber ball that could weigh anywhere from a pound up to seven pounds. They would play it on large rectangular stone courts, and some of these courts were massive. Uh, the biggest one they ever found was 480 feet long and 120 feet wide. So these could get very big. That's bigger yeah. than like a soccer field, right? Yeah, that's like three or four soccer fields, I think. Damn, man. They must have had cardio out the yin-yang there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the objective of the game was one team had to get the ball from one end of the of the court to the other end of the court without using their hands. You could use any body part except your hands. Hmm, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at the midpoint, there's like a small stone ring high up on the wall. And if you could get that ball through the ring, then you automatically win the game because it's so hard to get the small ball through that ring without using your hands. It's so hard. So, How the hell do they know the rules to this game? 
I think it's written down, I believe. Oh. Yeah. Either that or passed down orally. They have like really, they have very strong oral uh, traditions. So do I. <laughs> I knew you were going to make that joke. <laughs> um, yeah, you're dealing with a very immature person over here. Yeah. I'm still stuck in my grade four mind because of that traumatizing teacher. You're frozen in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so these, so if you didn't get it through the ring, um, sometimes the games could last very long, up to several days. Just people beating each other up. I don't think there's any rules about contact, so you could probably punch and kick and do whatever you wanted. Really? Yeah. It's a very popular game in one city. They found there are 24 of these courts in one city. One Mayan city. Damn. So very popular. March Madness. <laughs> Mayan Madness. Mayan Madness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the journey... Uh, so, Oh, sorry. The, the, the game was a religious game. It represented uh, the journey through the underworld. So... Basically, the idea is that as you battle your way across the court, it's like you're fighting your way out of the underworld and into heaven, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, so they put little stone markers at various points along the court, and these markers would represent different stages on the journey through the underworld. So like different gods at different stages that you're going through the underworld. That's pretty badass. I like that. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was an elitist game in that you had to be a member of the nobility to play the game and the victors were like big celebrities really yeah i didn't think they would have celebrities like like sports celebrities until like modern times that's I, that's weird i've never even thought of that yeah. before well, well i guess gladiators yeah, yeah. It's similar to gladiators yeah in this sport they would often the mines would often go and capture people from the neighboring tribes and these captives would have to come and play against a professional Mayan team. So it's just like, <laughs> fuck you. That's the plot to Longest Yard, man. <laughs> Joey Diaz out there trying to run down this massive... Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. They should do a Mayan Longest Yard remake. <laughs> they should. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Get Mel Gibson back on it. Get, get the Apocalypto crew yeah. back together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Apocalypto 2. Oh. <laughs> What's the name of this game? <laughs> Mayan Madness. Mayan Madness. <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. And, uh, Instead of fighting for their freedom, they're fighting to keep like what their favorite limb. <laughs> oh, even worse than that. If, if the captives lost, that would be sort of like representing that they have failed to escape from the underworld. And so they would be sacrificed. And the method of sacrifice was to take... I don't know if they took all the players and tied them together, but basically they take a player, tie him up so that he's like tied up into this like ball, mm -hmm. basically, and then roll him down the stone steps of a Mayan pyramid. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not a short staircase either. <laughs> it's a lot of bounces. <laughs> Fuck. Can you imagine that? You know what's fucked up is that at first thought, that is hilarious to me, <laughs> the image in my mind, but I think I'm thinking more of a cartoon version of like oh. a guy bouncing oh. downstairs, not the reality of like limbs cracking yeah. those are, and breaking. Those things are steep, and those stairs have sharp stone edges. Yeah. Just every bounce, you're like, oh, there, yeah. oh, there goes my elbow. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 
There's no way. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people made it to the bottom alive, but not 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 well. Uh, no. If they made it to the bottom alive, were they still killed or were they allowed to like try and survive? You have to play again next week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get that ACL fixed yeah. up before the next game? Little physio, you'll be back on the court in no time. <laughs> <laughs> Put a tensor bandage on it, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> His head's like 180 degrees backwards. Yeah. He's day to day, but you know, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so that's uh, that's sort of like the gamut of um, so that's why sports have been played in the past. Um, there have been more recent theories about why there's a uh, like in the 20th century there are a lot of people influenced by Freud, and they believe that sports are necessary to allow the masses of people to have an outlet for our natural inclinations towards violence and aggression. I mean, I could see that theory. I could see where he came up with that theory. Like, I understand that. That is probably a small part of the reason. I don't think that we, if we didn't have sports, we'd turn on each other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't think so either. Um, The the idea is that, like, we have the society and we have have all these laws that constrain us. So we can't, so if our neighbor pisses us, us off, we can't just go, you know, beat him to death with a snow shovel. Yeah. So we need uh, sports. But <laughs> look, guys, it's either the Olympic Games or we could do full on purges <laughs> yeah, every <exactly>. year. <laughs> and I think that's so ridiculous, right? Because sports have often been like one of the major reasons, one of the major causes of violence is like uh, football hooliganism used to be insane, right? People would just. Yeah. Like down in Brazil yeah. and shit, they'd have like full blown battles. Yeah, Brazil, England, um, the hooligans were nuts. Uh, people would die. They wouldn't even, they didn't even watch the game. They just showed up to beat each other up. <laughs> it's just a testimony of how immature some of the, like the male psyche can be. Yeah. Like the fact that you would put your, your body in harm's way and like try and inflict violence on other people because your fucking sports team lost. It's so juvenile. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's pretty silly. I mean, that's like, what are you, it is, yeah, it is juvenile. Like It's a fucking mass tantrum. Literally juvenile. Like the worst people to play, and the worst people to do any sort of sport with is Call of Duty with some 13-year-old in the lobby. Those are the worst people. They don't have the emotional faculties to deal with loss. (laughs) Like, they just don't. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, But yeah, so that's, hooliganism is pretty much a thing of the past, mostly. they just have better laws about it now. Anyway, so now we can get to uh, the like the philosophy philosophy of sport. So we can talk about your favorite philosopher. Do you remember Wittgenstein? Wittgenstein. And, Hello, my name is Wittgenstein. Let's talk about the sports, yeah. <laughs> um. So you remember Wittgenstein had this argument that you really did not like, which is that there is no common element to all games. Man, that's going way back in our podcast. I mean, way back. What are we at? What episode are we on right now? This is 33, I think. 33. Okay, so we're pretty pretty new still, but that feels like forever ago, yeah. that conversation. How do you even remember that I didn't like it? Oh, man, I have a very good memory for some things. Oh, man, you, you're not smoking <laughs> enough dope over there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> you should only have about a week's worth of memories at any time. <laughs> <laughs> a nice cushion to forget the past. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah. Right, so... uh So you'll be glad to know that many philosophers reject 
Wittgenstein's argument. And they think that games do have common elements. In fact, one philosopher named Bernard Suits argues that all games have four common characteristics. And so we can quickly run through these. Quick. So the first characteristic is that all games are goal-oriented. Every game, there's an objective. The objective is to win the game by achieving victory conditions. So in golf, you got to get the ball in the hole. Right. Swimming, get across the pool, that sort of thing. The second common aspect are the means. So all games permit some means of victory and forbid other means of victory. As in there's only a, you can't just win on your own because you think you've won. Like there's, there's a certain way to exactly, win a right? certain so game. So in boxing, right? In boxing, there are some means that are permitted, right? Like you can punch above the waist on your opponent. Other things are not permitted. You're not allowed to kick people in boxing. Yeah. So kicking your way to victory in boxing yeah. is not an accepted means of victory. Although probably quite effective. Probably quite effective, yeah. But the interesting thing to note here is that um, the means for victory always have to be inefficient for achieving the goal. So, for example, if in boxing, right, the goal is to um, incapacitate the opponent for 10 seconds, at least 10 seconds. Yeah. Or no, no, no. Uh, 10 seconds or like knock them out or get a doctor stoppage or whatever. Yeah, or have their corner throw the flag or whatever. It would be much more efficient. Yeah. Throw the flag. Throw the flag. <laughs> Not the fucking British Columbia flag. God damn it. <laughs> no, God no. That shit, you throw oh, that shit, you Mr. better Boy, fucking catch that into the shit. Ring. Oh my God, he's got a steel chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got an eraser and a fucking arm to throw it with. And a meter stick. Oh, he's beating him with a meter stick. Yeah, so in a, in a boxing match, it would be much more efficient to just at the start of the boxing match, flip a coin, the winner gets a baseball bat, and then they have, they have to fight, right? One person would probably win much faster. Yeah. But that's too efficient to achieve the goal. It, it wouldn't make it interesting, I guess. Right. So to make it interesting, the means have to be kind of inefficient. And then to make up for the inefficiency, you have to have skill and technique and all those sorts of things. Right. Okay, then the next com the next characteristic is rules. Um, all all games have uh, some sort of rules. Complete account of what means are permitted and what means are forbidden. Unless it's Calvin Ball, I think the rule in Calvin Ball. I think there is a rule in Calvin Ball, and that's like the rule is that like you have to constantly make up new rules. So maybe even Calvin Ball has a rule. Yes, that's true. The rule is that you can make up you can freestyle rules. Yeah. In which case, there are no real rules. Yeah, it's almost like the game is about making up new rules. Like the goal of the game is to make up cool rules that allow you to keep playing the game for as long as possible. Right. Maybe. Calvin always wins. <laughs> yeah, and Calvin always wins every time. So <laughs> That's the victory condition. <laughs> yeah. The victory condition yeah. <laughs> is that Calvin is winning. All right. And there's like a, there's like a fourth characteristic that's kind of debatable. Um, but we probably don't have time to get into that. Uh, for now. But if you want to read a very interesting article about about cheating in sports, uh, you should read about the World Cup match between Uruguay and Ghana in 2010. Famous uh, famous example of cheating. Hmm. What happened? Oh, man. It was, it was, Who cheated? Oh, I watched this game live. I watched this game live. Uh, Luis Suarez from Uruguay cheated. So basically, here's the situation. It was tied. 
the game was in uh, double overtime. Uh-huh. Ghana has this crazy opportunity to score and win the game. And Oh, dude, I watched this too. The guy did a handball, a purposeful handball. Yeah, he stood on the goal line and just swatted the ball down with his hand, but he wasn't the goalie. And it was like, there's a, there was logic to it, right? Because yeah. if he hadn't done that, the ball would have gone in, game would have been over. So he does that. Yes. And then immediately Ghana is awarded a penalty shot and Suarez is sent off. Which he hits the fucking top crossbar yeah. with, I remember. And then it went to a real penalty shootout and Uruguay won the game. So it's crazy. <laughs> so I remember when that happened, that was like, it's like, why aren't more people doing that? <laughs> like normally, oh man. Like it's it's better the better to do give them the penalty shot than risk than have a for sure goal, right? Yeah. So like, did they have to instate new rules against no. that? To this day, that is the rule. It's just usually penalty shots probably go in more than ninety five percent of the time. So it's it's like it was the only reason he did it was yeah, but that's still not as. It's still not as sure as an open net goal that would have yeah. happened if the guy didn't cheat. So it's kind of a weird. Yeah, I mean the penalty is the player who did it is ejected from the game, and they get a penalty shot. In this case, it didn't matter that he was ejected because the game was about to end anyway. Uh huh. Like they can't do a third overtime. Right. So like it was a very special situation where he did it, and so it was interesting example. And what's your personal opinion about him doing that? Do you think he did the right thing? Oh, man. Well, right. Well, see, that's the question. I think, uh, I mean, his team won the game and advanced to the either the semifinal or the final. Yeah. And it's, it's, sort of like, it's sort of like this question, right? Like, as a player, should you always obey the rules no matter what? And in this case, he broke the rules and he accepted the penalties for breaking the rules. And it, and it won the game for his team. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. That's crazy that his his blatant breaking of the rules ended up winning the game for his team, essentially, or preventing them from losing. Like I'm not mad at it because the penalties are clear. The penalties are are awarded immediately, right? It's not like in UFC where you can eye poke somebody like eight times before they're like, "Okay, warning, like stop doing that." Yeah. In this case, like you do it, you get penalized right away. So. You know the consequences, so I, I, I'm okay with it, the way it played out. The rules were followed. They followed the rules. Yeah, yeah um, I don't blame the guy either. I don't blame the guy yeah. either. <laughs> high stakes, high risks, high rewards. Ah, crazy though. Crazy for Ghana. Like, they were that close and they hit the post. Ah, ah it's the worst. Anyway. Yeah. Ah, can't wait for the next rule. Uh, we could have done a whole section in this episode about putting the World Cup in Qatar because that's like a whole other ethical mindfuck. Oh, yeah. The Olympics this year, right? That could have been another another great topic. Um, instead, we're talking about trans athletes in sports. <laughs> okay. Well, we got ourselves about seven minutes to cover that topic, so. Ah, plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cut and dry. <laughs> no pun intended. Um... <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, traditionally, sports have been segregated along sex lines. So for now, we'll just put aside the question of whether sex segregation is a good way to set up sports. So let's just accept for now that sex segregation is necessary to make the means of victory inefficient 
for both genders. Okay. If men were allowed to compete with women, the men will have a more efficient means to win because they often have like crazy physical advantages over the women. Yeah. So that it's sort of like the point of weight classes in combat sports, right? Like without a weight class, the fighters of a certain weight would never would never lose because everyone would be smaller than them. And the fighters of a smaller size would never win yeah. because they would just get destroyed by the larger fighters. Yeah. Like there's no way that the 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 top guy in the heavyweight division will lose to the top guy in the flyweight division. That just will not happen. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. Unless he's like unless he like fucking poisons him or something, right? <laughs> yeah, he's got like a some anime shit like poison in his fingertips. Yeah. He's like the the red viper from Game of Thrones. He's got a little <laughs> yeah. little spear. He's got a spear. <laughs> he still gets his head crushed at the end. <laughs> Perfect analogy. Yeah. Yeah, Francis and Ganu squishing <laughs> Mighty Mouse's head oh, into no. oblivion. <laughs> no. oh, terrible. Uh, yeah, so right, so they've got weight classes in combat sports to make sure that both fighters sort of have equally inefficient means to achieve their goal, and so they use a lot of methods of enforcement in sports to prevent what I would call a reverse Mulan, where a man pretends to be a woman to gain an advantage. A reverse Mulan. A reverse Did you Mulan. coin that phrase? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Google it yet. <laughs> um, That's good. And one of the ways they do this is um, they measure this by checking testosterone levels. That's a common way to do it. Like you're, uh, They just screen for testosterone, and if the testosterone is too high, then you're not allowed to compete in the women's sport. Right. And so I think it might even be true. Well, I don't know if it's true the other way around, but um, your testosterone is too low. I don't think that's... I don't think it's like that. I think it's just a one-way thing. Yeah, I don't think they're testing for that. Yeah. They're not checking forward Mulans. <laughs> <laughs> forward Mulans, no. Yeah. Um, so f- female trans athletes sometimes have more testosterone than the permitted levels for the women's sport that they want to compete in. And so this raises the question, should they be allowed to compete in the women's sport despite the elevated testosterone levels and the physical advantages they have carried over from their biological history. And these advantages are even more significant when competing in female sports. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, there's like a, there's an ex- a solution to this is they impose a handicap where if their testosterone levels are too high, they have to take these androgen-blocking medications that will lower their testosterone. Hmm. But let's assume that the testosterone-blocking handicap is not enough and that there's no way. Does that account? But will that, that, I mean, that, that does bring their testosterone levels down, but will that account for like bone density, frame, and everything like that? Yeah, that's, that's the question. Yeah. So, so, and it's also some people think it's like way too intrusive, right? Like it does seem like an extreme thing to do just so you can compete in a sport. But. Yeah. So, like on the one hand, it seems like it goes too far. On the other hand, it, it seems like it might not actually go far enough. But I mean, I, <laughs> Transgenders aren't uh, avert, averse to like extreme <laughs> uh, medical hormones. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, so let's so yeah, so just let's assume that that solution doesn't work. That the handicapping isn't going to work. Now, so like if if you're taking that out, then it sort of looks like allowing female trans athletes to compete in women's sports could look like allowing, say, a male heavyweight fighter to compete against a male featherweight fighter. Yeah. 
And so these rules clearly favor the the rule the rules in the sport and the competition will clearly favor the female trans athlete. So what do you think about the weight class analogy? Do you think that works for all sports or just or like tennis or soccer or like it's it is a well, combat sports for sure cuz you're like it's not even just combat sports. Any like full contact sport, the trans athletes going to be at a significant advantage for the most case. Not always. I mean, you can get like small guys that transition and you wouldn't even notice, right? But mm-hmm. it's when you get these like physical specimens that transition <laughs> and it's like they're huge compared to the rest of the females out there. That's that could be uh like it's not fair to the rest of them mm-hmm. and also it's more dangerous because now they're putting themselves in a situation that they wouldn't have otherwise yeah yeah that's it's very true especially in in combat sports yeah especially combat sports yeah okay here's a here's just to play to play devil's advocate here so in both male and female sports there are always these outliers who just wreck everybody right like you got michael yeah. jordan you got uh, like Wayne Gretzky, Serena Williams, um, Marshawn Michael, Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, Michael Phelps. Um, yeah, right. These people, even within their own gender, even their own gender, can't yeah. even like scratch scratch them. Right? Can't even touch them. Yeah. Now, is that is that only because these people just trained harder and they trained smarter and they had that black mem- black mamba mentality that nobody else had? And how much of their skill is the result of a natural talent that they were born with? Uh, I think, like, if you're talking about some, someone like Michael Phelps, especially, like, that dude was, like, looked like he was built in a lab for swimming. Oh, yeah. There's, like, actually, a, I don't know if he has this, but there's, like, a, a syndrome called Marfan syndrome, M-A-R-F-A-N. Yeah. And it, like, it changes your body, and it's actually really advantageous for swimming. So people with Marfan syndrome do really well at swimming. Yeah. The dude looks like his mom was a dolphin. Like, he's slick. <laughs> yeah. He's got webbed hands. Yeah. So should he be forbidden from competing against people who don't have his physical characteristics? Because he's just so much different than everybody else. Uh, yeah. We should have him in a fucking <laughs> tank at SeaWorld. <laughs> And he could snorkel with a bong or something. Yeah. This is no longer an athlete. This is <laughs> this is the next attraction at SeaWorld. That's what it should be. Mm. It's like having a, I don't know, if a guy was born with like, what's another like example of this that could happen? Like, I don't know. How many different ge- genetic variables can there be that give you an advantage at a certain sport? Oh, man. Look at uh, the marathon world records. Right. Look at long, look at long dis, any long distance uh, or any running record, basically any any running record. Mm-hmm. They're going to be held by East Africans nine times out of ten. Yeah, or people of uh, African descent. It's just the way it is. Should they be forbidden from competing against white people? <laughs> uh, again, they should probably be put in a zoo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I mean, yeah, this is, I've never even thought about this before. It's tricky. It's very tricky. Because everyone's going to have a, a variable, a, a variance in genetic gifting, right? Despite what your gender is. 
But the mean difference within your own gender is going to be a lot less than the difference between two genders, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Michael Phelps is a freak, but he would be even way more ahead <laughs> if he was competing in the female league or yeah. sport, right? Yeah, I agree. He'd be fucking lapping these bitches. Oh my God, it would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't even be funny. No. It wouldn't be cool. It would be funny, then it would be sad, and then yeah, it would be funny again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just ceases to be, it ceases to seem like a sport yeah. when the... Could you imagine that guy walking out in a fucking onesie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. That'd be nuts. Um, but anyway, like this is like clearly, clearly there's there's like some parallels here. Like even within genders, there are some people just have advantages that other people just can't get. Yeah. And it is kind of, it does seem like a fairness thing because like some people just can't compete with other people because of their uh, mental characteristics and physical characteristics. So this raises, this brings us back to the beginning. Should we segregate sports based on sex at all? Or should we have a completely different system for organizing who plays with who? I mean, you could make the argument like it, people at what at that are at a certain level of athleticism, despite their gender, should be able to join a certain league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't think that I. I think that there would be female athletes that could be quite effective in a men's league or a, a mixed league, right? Oh yeah, totally. And they they're gonna have different abilities maybe that would that most men wouldn't have that could be advantageous if it's combined with other uh natural abilities or advantages right mm-hmm. yeah um i don't know i can't think of an example per se but i think um i think what, like it seems similar to the way they do esports um so in esports it's not segregated by sex it's segregated by like your your whatever your player rating right. is, which is like based on all of your all of your performances yeah. that you've done, all of your stats. And then you get grouped with people with similar stats. There's no reason to segregate esports at all. Like there's no reason to do that. Yeah. And I I think you can make a similar argument for other sports in that you could segregate other sports not based on the gender of the players, but based on their performance, their statistics, their weight, their height their testosterone levels, their hemoglobin levels. You can use all of these other factors that actually represent their ability to perform and then use those to group people together. Yeah, but the reality is if you say, okay, uh, UFC is now not segregating men and women, like there will be almost zero chance that there's ever going to be a female champion. Well, no, 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 because if you... Okay, well, first of all, combat sports would keep the weight classes. Because that's like a necessary thing for combat sports. And then if you're separating these things based on performance, right? In a combat sports scenario, part of the performance would be things like punching power, kicking power, um, stuff like that. And so it would be very unlikely that the women and the men would end up in the same range for like power. That's true. Like I, I highly doubt they would have equivalent power. So they probably, it would probably look basically the same. It, it would be segregated without even like it being a rule it would just be naturally segregated yeah like it would just it would play out in a similar way yeah but there might in other sports it might be kind of weird right like you might have these weird tennis matches where like some 12 year old boy is just beating all these 20 year old women yeah that would that would 
It'd be like some anime or something. <laughs> it's just because, just because, like sports are, rely so much, so heavily on your physical abilities that it's it's like you could be way, you could have like a way higher understanding of like strategy and of, in a game and still not be able to use that to attain victory conditions. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Hannah is, my girlfriend Hannah is a extremely good tennis player. Yeah. And no matter how how much more fit I could become than her, yeah, I will never be able to beat her in tennis. Like it'll never happen. Yeah, uh, but you've also not been training your whole life as a tennis player. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But even then, like she might just be naturally more gifted than you at that sport. Which is like when it comes yeah. to things like tennis and stuff, like fucking mix the genders all all day. It's just when you get into physical contact sports that it could get a little weird. Yeah. But like you said, if you're just basing, you're segregating based on ability alone, then I don't see an issue. Yeah. It's like a mix of ability and um, your and body statistics. Yeah. I think the most realistic solution is to have a, a women's league only, a trans league. Where anyone transgender can compete if they want, mm. or let uh, trans men compete with men. Like I don't see any problem with a woman transitioning into a man and then playing, joining all the men's leagues. Like that's not, I don't see any issue with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, two things. I think one one issue with that is that there are very very few of these um, male to female trans athletes. Yeah. Like it's extremely rare. Like uh, there might be less than fifteen in the entire of North America. Right. But, and then I think the other issue is is that as a trans woman, you would not want to have to play in the men's league. Like that would probably go against your uh, the whole reason you became the whole reason you did trans in the first place. Right. So those would be two things I would I would say to like I would say to that. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a. But I can see, I can see, like what you're trying it's, to do. It's it's a complicated uh, issue for sure, and I have no fucking idea uh, what they're going to end up doing. But all I know is that you can't have a man, a person who was a man for 25 years, transition for, into a woman and then join the UFC and beat the fuck out of all these women. No, you can't have no, that. No, no, I, I I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Okay, yeah. well, I think we should get to this email because we're. Going into it for time. This is our longest podcast ever. This is an email from the boys at the Back Table Podcast, and it's a, 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 a what it reads to be a, a official statement, an apology. Oh shit! Um, here we go. <clears throat> we lost our temper on the pod. We were at the podcast trying to do the podcast. Great writing. And we got heckled, and we took it badly and went into a rage and said some pretty nasty things to some philosophers. A lot of trash talk. You know, I'm really busted up over this. I think Josh wrote this. (laughs) I'm really busted up over this, and I'm very, very sorry to those people in the audience. The blacks, the Hispanics, the whites, everyone that was there that took the brunt of that anger and hate and rage and how it came through. And I'm concerned about more hate, more rage, and more anger coming through. Not just towards me, but towards the, a black slash white conflict. Okay, <laughs> there's a great deal of disturbance in this country, and how blacks we 
how blacks feel about what happened in Katrina. <laughs> and you know, many of the comics, many of the performers are in Las Vegas and New Orleans trying to raise money for what happened there. They must have copied and pasted this from someone else, man. This is not, this is not, they did not write this. <laughs> this is not their words at all. <laughs> they f- took this from someone else's Twitter, that's for sure. Many of the comics, many of the performers are in Las Vegas and New Orleans trying to raise money for what happened there. And for this to happen, for me to be in a comedy club and flip out, oh, Kramer. This is Kramer. Oh, my God. They copy and pasted Kramer's apology. (laughs) To flip out and say this crap, you know, I'm deeply, deeply sorry. And I'll get to the force field of this hostility. Why it's there why the rage is in any of us why the trash takes place whether or not it's between me and a couple of hecklers in the audience or between me this country and another nation the rage it goes on you know i'm a performer i push the envelope i work in a very uncontrolled manner on stage i do a lot of free association it's spontaneous i go to character (laughs) i don't know in view of the situation and the act going where it was going i don't know the rage did go all over the place it went to everybody in the room but you can't, you know, this is someone's transcribing what he said out loud because no one would write this poorly on purpose. But you can't, know, you know, it's, I don't, I know people could, blacks could feel I'm not a racist. That's what's so insane about this. And yet it said it comes through, it fires out of me even now in the passion that's here as I confront myself. Signed, the back table. So... I'm not sure how to how to take this message, honestly. It's hilarious. But uh, Michael Richards. That was definitely Kramer's apology, and they swapped out uh, audience members with philosophers, I guess. That's Anyways, cool. interesting little tactic they got going on here. I'm not sure what they're trying to draw out of us. Probably some rage, some uncontrolled rage, fetish, some unfettered racism. Maybe they're trying to nail us on that. We have to find our own like celebrity apology yeah. message. We should just start attacking them. each other via other people's <laughs> apologies. Yeah. I'm sure that's Kramer. It's got to be. Um, oh, yeah. That's definitely Michael Richards. Yeah. Well, that's our podcast. If anyone else wants to write in, I say this every fucking week, but no one does. It's tpspodcast420 at gmail.com. Please get your little fingers fluttering across that keyboard. <laughs> fluttering. You have anything else to say, Sam? Um, uh, Champions League final, May 29th. Tune in. Anyways, thanks for listening. Adios.